Hey, Honeymooners, you can find ad-free episodes, Moshe's DJ sets, merch discounts, and so much more on our Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash endlesshoneymoon or click the link in the description of this episode. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. Joining us today, oh, the brilliant, oh, the, sh- the sharp-tongued, <laughs> the, the devil herself, Sarah Tiana is with us. <laughs> the devil herself. Yeah, the devil. That's a very sweet intro. Isn't that- <laughs> I don't think of her wait, as I meant a devil. The devil. Okay, wait, hold on. Let me try it again. The devilish wit herself. <laughs> Okay. The, the devil, the deviled egg of comedy. What are you, P.T. Barnum? <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, um, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. We brought you here today to see if you could get Natasha to understand sports. Oh. Oh, my God. Very I, easy. I was just having the best time talking with you before we started, and I totally <laughs> forgot that you love sports. Yeah, she would have yeah. iced you out if she had remembered. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, I don't, I just don't, truly don't understand that's okay. I mean, it's that's how I am with you know wallpaper. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good analogy. Her her sports is her wallpaper. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's like I just don't. I care about that because I think I just need something in my life that's fair and that I understand. And like you know, there's a winner and a loser based on merit and effort. You, you can't score a touchdown because your dad's a cinematographer. So like that <laughs> makes Hollywood makes sense like calms me down so you like it because there's no nepotism yeah because it's purely skill-based it's purely skill-based i mean obviously there are players in professional sports now who are the children of professional athletes from years ago but that's not a universal but they're also not nepo babies they have to be good enough they still have to be good and they probably have some sort of weird physical well they were trained by you know master athletes. very good athlete you know like lebron's children have had the best trainers and like but I'm sure Michael Jordan's children had very good trainers, but they're not in the NBA. Do you think, uh, what are the odds that you think our daughter, who you've <laughs> met, will, be, will play in the NBA? In the NBA? In the NBA. I feel like that's, the odds are very low Yeah. Um, for there, a woman to get into the NBA. But if they opened it up to women, you think our daughter would be probably a pretty good contender? It depends on how hard she works at it. Well, Natasha's 4'11". Uh-huh. Let's start there. <laughs> Yes. So let's say she works super hard. Yeah. I think she's not going to be able to dunk. No, nobody in the WNBA can dunk. Is there literally no one? <laughs> I mean, you know, someone used to have that joke about the like play-by-play of a WNBA game. It was like, and another layup. <laughs> another <laughs> layup. But I think they can. They just usually they don't really do it, even if they're seven feet tall. Sarah, you just released the hottest special. <laughs> It's called Fody Fo. 44, yeah. It depends on how you pronounce it. Sure. I mm-hmm. would I would say Fody Fo. Mm-hmm. But um it's is it because is Fody Fo are you Fody Fo? I was 44 when I taped it, but that was also Hank Aaron's number, who oh. was a professional <laughs> baseball player. You love Hank Aaron. She's a she's a <laughs> huge, huge Aaron head. Huge Hank Aaron fan, yeah. You know, and you know how many home runs he hit? Ten. Good. He hit Very ten home good. runs. He did, but many times. Yes, he holds the Wait, is it six? Record. I think sixty-two. <laughs> no, it's not sixty. Oh, oh, total in his whole career, yes. six million. Yeah, six million. That he did it in honor of the Jews. <laughs> yes. He hit six million home runs. No, I thought I was thinking. Is it who's the who is the one season record holder? It's not Roger Maris. It's is it Hank Aaron? 
No, single season record holder, I believe. Uh, it was when they, the home run record was being chased by... Um, oh, McGuire and... McGuire and so And that white lady. I, be- <laughs> I believe McGuire won that. I can't even remember. I'm going to... I'm a, such a... Now everybody's going to come after me because I don't have it. Don't worry. They, they've tuned out when we started talking about baseball. Yeah, they don't even okay. know. We don't have to talk about Do it. You it talk was about 755. Your, Do you talk about your... seven? <laughs> 755. See, but I don't know how the game works, so sure. I don't know. That could suck, that you, number. It doesn't because it's the most ever. <laughs> but did you think that there was a possibility it could be 6 million? <laughs> that a person I don't know. Could Maybe do they hit a home run every day when they play a game But for then they practice. would have to have played 6 million days. I mean, do you I know don't know. Day? Maybe they did it all day long. Wait, hold on. <laughs> hey, Siri, how many years is 600... Is Wait. Ask Siri how many years six million days is. Gosh. This is going to be good. All right, forget well, it. Well, a million is 11. Uh, a million seconds is 11 days. So A million seconds is 11. How do you know that? Because uh, I used to have a bit about the difference between a billion and a million. Um, because we were... You remember the bailout bill when it was like $787 billion and people kept rounding it to $800 billion? I was like, let's not round in billions because <laughs> the difference between $1 billion and $2 billion is a lot of yeah, money. You'd be like, you'd retire. Yeah. the di- Like $1 bill- Okay, so if you go to sleep for a, um, a million seconds, you'll be asleep for 11 days. If you go to sleep for a billion seconds, you'll be asleep for 32 years. Oh, Natasha, doesn't that sound nice? Mm. <laughs> I feel like you would love to sleep for a billion oh seconds. Oh my gosh. I, when you become Who wouldn't? A, when you become a parent, I think- all you want to do is sleep. I got LASIK eye surgery a couple, last year, two years ago. And because they said I got to take a four-hour nap when I was done. I was <laughs> oh, like, you didn't oh, even I'll have, do it. You didn't even have vision issues? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> we just got LASIK on our daughter, on our five-year-old. No, you did not. Well, she doesn't have uh, vision problems, but there's a new experimental laser that gives them um, really, really sharp uh, sight. And that's like for extra, basketball in the for future. For basketball, yep. <laughs> yeah. We've got, we've got those... Um, those wraparound kind mm-hmm. of uh, goggle ones that the mm-hmm. NBA player we're really we're we're kind of pushing her towards a, a life in sports. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you pushing your kid towards a yes. life in sports? Yes. What sport? Oh my god! You showed me a video of your kid. Her kid <laughs> is like such a good baseball player. Of I course. swear to God, you're gonna have. I bet your kid is gonna be more than have more home runs. He's gonna have well, seven hundred. Yeah, seven hundred fifty-six. I had never seen a, six million and one. He was like two years old, and yeah. he was like hitting. He was like literally hitting the baseball like I mean, as a baby in the air. Yeah. So is he really good? He's very good at baseball. Yeah. Very, he's three. Very, very good. Yeah. He's three. He, he, what he, do you, when you say he's very, very good at baseball, at three, and he, he's very, very good for a three year old. What does that mean? Like he can like, he hits it in the air. He's already on roids. He hits it in the air. Is he taking PEDs? Be honest. <laughs> no, I wish. I wish I could get him. She puts it in the smoothie. Pediatric enhancement drugs. <laughs> I wish I could get any, him to do eat anything besides a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That would be fantastic. How many hours a week are you guys playing baseball? It's whenever he wants to play. So I don't go, it's time for you to play baseball today. Um, although I think that's what you assume. But I think you could be a good baseball stage mom. Oh, yeah, totally. I, You're like... Eyebrows up, eyebrows up, <laughs> smile, cheekbones, cheekbones, sure. cheekbones. Sp- 
spit the spit to the oh, yeah. right. <laughs> well, that's the other thing is that he we we watch a lot of games because obviously I'm a sports fan, but also his father is a sports caster, so we have sports and televisions all over the house. So even when we're outside in the pool, we have a game on. Now, a sportscaster <laughs> is somebody that does like spells to make a team lose. Yes. Kind of a thing. Yeah. Yes. They have a wand. Yeah. And they yeah. decide who wins and loses the game. So we're very lucky. I, I feel like my next incarnation, <laughs> if I do something bad in this life, will be to like be a child in her house and just like. <laughs> That's your punishment? Sports everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like you can't escape it. It's like every time you're like swimming or take, there's like games on. And sure. I have. I don't. I just. I don't. Something about the ambient noise of sports like makes my skin crawl. I feel you're being racist. I feel. <laughs> I. Our I friend, don't like like commentary. Uh, that's what her husband literally does. That is what a sportscaster <laughs> is. It's not actually a spell, man. I um. Our friend, our mutual friend, Al Madrigal, yeah. has a theory on parenting, which is that uh, in order to keep your, it's too hard. To keep your this is uh, my interpretation of it. It's too hard to keep your kid off drugs um, by being just like a really active parent. And the shortcut, the hack, the life hack is sports. That if you just keep them in sports, locked in, they don't have time to do the other stuff. You don't. And you would say, what about other extracurricular activities? You put them in theater. They're oh, fucking in so many do- drugs. Oh, absolutely. They're on really? drugs. There's no question. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I Is mean, that they're, true? they're smoking oh. cloves. They're sucking oh. dick. I mean, there's no question about mm-hmm. it. You put them in sports. They become a little square, but they're going to be on the straight and narrow. Even if they don't become passionate sports people, they'll be so busy. And there's something to it. My wow. mom, I never played. I never played a second of sports my entire life. I feel neglected. Oh, what do you think of that theory? Sorry, were you going to say? It's just what he's saying is truly stressing me out. Okay. Because (laughs) we just put our child in like a performing arts thing, you Mm -hmm. know? And like, I don't, we don't push sports at all. And also like in soccer, she would just like wear a dress and sit outside of the group. So I never pushed it. But now I feel like since we're not sports people, it's going to escape us. Like now's the time (laughs) to try to get her off the art track and into like Hun. a more no, she'll square do, she'll track. tell you. She'll tell you. I mean, so she's not on drugs. She'll tell you <laughs> if her friends are doing it and she wants to do it. Then you go okay. If she says I want to do karate, okay, let's take you to karate. You know, there's there's plenty of sports that are not like televised sports. You know, swimming. There's 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 dance. There's all kinds of. I think for me, he's going to be an only child. Mm-hmm. Uh, Us too. Ours too. Yeah. So I. Yeah, I'm just not interested in having two layovers for the rest of my life, which is what I feel like two children would be. Oh, because you have to take a break? You have to go to like a McDonald's and No, I just feel like when you're single, you have a direct flight everywhere. When you become a parent, you're like, now I have a layover and it's hard. Mm, mm, But I don't mm. want two because then I would kill myself. So I, um, he will only have friends, you know? So it's like, what kind of activities can I, can he be a part of? And Honestly, he can do whatever he wants. He just has to finish whatever he starts. That's really the only rule for us. It's like I'm not putting him in organized sports in anytime soon. I, I don't want him to be you know and, until he's like at least in kindergarten and at five or six. You know, I'm not pushing it. It's just that he wants to play, and that's what we do. And his dad is golfing, so he wants to golf. Oh, of course, of course. I was just more in, interested in the idea that you can mold your children, and you know, yeah. by what you. You know, like what you said, uh, sports keeps them off drugs. Sports keeps them off drugs. Uh, theater keeps them on drugs. If your kid starts skateboarding, <laughs> yeah. if your kid starts skateboarding, you might as well start saving up bail money. Because, yeah, he's, gonna, 
He's going to become a graffiti writer. There's no question. He's going to yeah. stab somebody, maybe, you know? Right. So don't get skateboarding lessons. That's maybe one. I'm just saying it I is. What can you do? You can't control these I people. I know. Who's, I know. I just try to think of how I can influence in a positive way because I feel like I was influenced in a positive way. Sarah, do you? I feel like sports will also keep his grades up. Like, I'm a total pushover as a mother. So if he's like, I want this, I go, okay. Uh, but oh. I feel like an, a coach would be like, you have to keep your grades up or you can't play. And oh, yeah. he is going to need something where he has to stay and like work hard and focus on something. And I, I all, you know, so many kids have ADD. So I feel like also with sports, you have to be very focused on, um, a challenge, whether it's pitching or fielding a ball or hitting a golf ball, you have to be very focused. And so I, I'm just thinking about that in terms of it, but also it's, what we care about too. Yes, you did the right thing. No, I, I'm not. No, no, no. I, it's, it Wait, could be the complete wrong you, thing. You are obviously a great mom. Moshe and I were having a fight today because oh. our kid just started school. Mm -hmm. I oh. bet she knows what it is. Yeah. Do you know? Do you, are you familiar with the concept, Sarah, of a transitional object? No. You don't know what that is. No. It's well, our kid just started kindergarten. No, I, she started kindergarten and they're like, no toys. And then, but she's like, but you can bring your transitional objects. Which is, you know what it is? No, is that it's something? A that it's a toy that you have an emotional attachment to. No, but it's not a toy. It's more like like a stuffy or something. That's a toy. But it's then there's this boy in her class that, you know, or there's like two boys, I think, who are like bringing toys. And then she's, this morning is like, I, want, I need a transitional object. <laughs> and I was like, then she kept trying to bring these like different toys and, and like stuffed animals. And I was like, no. I you told know. her, I was like, those are for like lo the, the kids in your class that are losers. That is not true. And so <laughs> she got really emotionally sort of affected by that. No. And, and I said, no son of mine. And then <laughs> No, it but it's if you're attached to something. You know what I mean? But It's a binky. No. It's yeah. like they added an adult word to it to make it uh, uh, like um, medicinal. But it's just a, it's a binky. And so then it they is. can bring their binky to school. Like it's called a blanket. A, like a, or a, or your like security blanket. Your special monkey. Our child just started kindergarten, and we're all very emotional. Yeah, I can imagine that that is a very emotional time for anyone. Oh, Moshe's been out of town. Let me ask Sarah this: Moshe's been out of town, so I brought our kid to the first, or you know, I was here for her first day of kindergarten, and Moshe um, asked me, you know, he's like, "Oh, how would it go? How did she get there?" And I said, "How do you think she got there? I I brought her." And he's like, oh, I go, he goes, oh, I thought maybe she walked, you, she walked. No, 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 no. You're not, see, this is, you're not. And I was like, by yourself? Yeah, it's like a block away. No, no, But no. like. You're not, we've. He just thinks that she can walk to school, first of all, on the first day of kindergarten by herself. All I'm saying She's is five. we live, we live, I could build, I could and will build a zip line from our <laughs> kitchen and I could literally deposit her in there. That's how close yeah. to the school we live. And I was saying it might be cool if she walked on one side of the street and we walked on the other, mm -hmm. watching her walk down the street and enter the school. And she said, like, she treated me like I had just said, like, why didn't she take a motorcycle to school? Because <laughs> like, what you're saying would be illegal and you can't, you know, it's like, not illegal. You have to be you have the kid has to be accompanied by before school, before the bell rings See, by an is, adult. You want a transitional adult. <laughs> I'm like we I, have lots of those in LA. So I know. I walk to school every day every, from first. I think for maybe not kindergarten, but first grade on. I definitely walk to school, and I live further away. 
Where did you grow up? You're from Tennessee? No, I'm from Georgia, but when I was That was in racist of me, I apologize. <laughs> when I was in kindergarten, we lived in Northern California, and I remember walking to kindergarten, uh, and then we moved to Georgia, and we had to drive everywhere, and there were no sidewalks, and I was like, this place sucks. I never mm. want to live here, and I moved back here immediately. Where, where in Northern California? 18. Livermore. Li- I didn't. Yeah. Did I know that? Yeah, you knew that. I knew that. I was born in Hayward, but that's, from the stack. You know, yeah. Do you know it's called the stack? <laughs> no. Yeah, the stack, the haystack. But all my family still lives up there, so we're up in Livermore and Pleasanton a lot. So Sarah, okay, you're the world's greatest mom. You're creating the next Sammy Sosa. Uh, we all see that in every way, and I mean that in every way. Oh sure. Um, yes. Tell us about your special. Where people can find it. What it's all about. Uh, so the special is called 44. It's on YouTube. It was the comedy store's first endeavor into filming comedy specials. Amazing. And yeah. you had the first one. Yeah. You know what? Mitzi would have loved that because <laughs> she loved women. She did in a way. Like she had way. <laughs> she But she had the whole belly room dedicated to yes. them. And just mm-hmm. yesterday I took out of my, um, I have like a little meditation area and I, a meditation area and I have, um, two of those lights from when she died that says, give them the light. Mm-hmm. And like, I brought them out and I like lit them and oh. like was thinking of her. And I think that she was like, it's so nice when someone was able to create a place for mm-hmm. so many, yeah, so many creative voices that would have never been heard, you know, yeah. because of the specific tone that she set sure. for that place. Like she probably created Jim Carrey and like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, so many, did. so many She loved people. women. She created Jim Carrey. I just, like she that's did. I mean and and countless others I'm I'm just saying yeah. how cool it is that Sarah is the one who is premiering she's mm-hmm. the Hank Aaron of comedy store comedians <laughs> that's, that's huge and I <laughs> it is it's it is I, I I feel very honored to even have been asked uh and um for them to do it at the comedy store in the main room which is you know where I started comedy I didn't start mm-hmm. comedy in Georgia I started out here and the comedy store is my first club so it's my home club and to be able to do it in a place like that just like it made it very easy and comfortable for me to be on stage there wait and which which stage the main room oh okay yeah well I, I was in the belly room for the first time that's where I started yes and I feel like oh my god Jim Carrey's career and my career <laughs> uh, yeah. because there is no fucking way I, if I, the first time I did stand up if it had not been in like that supportive mm-hmm. room where I was like, I was like killing so hard my first time on stage. I swear to God, it was like, it was like waves of like drugs or something. Like I couldn't even believe it. I felt like I was like out of my body and like riding away. Anyway, I'm just saying, I thought I was going to bomb, but imagine if I, but she specifically created that room oh, yeah. for like people to feel that. And I think, because yeah. like, if I would have just been at like some bar trying it out or, you know, I, I might not have ever done it again. Like the yeah. only reason I kept doing it was because it was so great. Was when your first, I first set in the it. store? No, no, no. My first, first set was set? not at the store. My first set was at the Hotwired Cafe on Laurel Canyon in Riverside. See, she had the stick to be able to do it at the Hotwired and keep going. <laughs> Mine was the luggage store gallery. It was an art gallery in San Francisco. Oh, no way. I remember that well. And I don't think I remember waves of drug-like laughter. <laughs> well, your first show was in the belly room, Natasha, uh-huh. ever? Oh, wow. Because I took Adam Barnhart's yep. stand-up oh, comedy class. Like, just because I was... I, mm-hmm. I talk about this in my book, but if there was... My approach when I moved here was if there was any kind of comedy instruction class within like 
you know, a 60 mile radius. I took it. So I like every single night I was like in like commercial acting. Mm-hmm. I was, <laughs> you know, one person show class writing for TV, like adjunct it, you know, like I was just like doing like all these, um, you know, commercial acting, like in a warehouse. Yeah. Like, so anyway, I took this stand up comedy class. Well, let's get to the nitty gritty. What? You don't want to keep hearing well, about no, my I do. I love your career, but <laughs> yeah, no, we're, I'm going to get to the nitty gritty because you said how honored you are and mm-hmm. how nice it was. So <laughs> I'm going to say the things you're not going to say. Sarah's a killer. Uh, a, a straight. Oh, you don't want to talk call, more about my, you're a my killer career? Too, honey. You're a killer too. <laughs> I'm but, like, why are you I'm cutting tra- me off? No, I'm not. I'm trying <laughs> no, to, no, I'm, I'm, I'm shunting, I'm shunting traffic to 44 on YouTube. Sarah's a killer. She's the devil incarnate. She's literally a devil. And uh, one of the, just a, such a great, you're such a great stand up, such a great joke writer. And uh, I love, I love watching you work. Everybody should watch this dang special. That's very nice. It's true. But coming from you guys, that's very nice. It's, it's the dang truth. <laughs> appreciate it yeah I mean it was it was it was kind of when they asked me to do it I I was like oh god what do I have because I feel like I lost so much material during COVID Mm. I just forgot stuff I never recorded yeah just (laughs) yeah COVID fog I have long COVID so I lost half my material (laughs) (laughs) oh my god I wish I had long COVID so I had something more to talk about on stage I never feel like I do the long COVID community is beginning to revolt right now you wish you did huh I feel like having one kid that is, it's, it, you probably have a different relationship when they're older too. Like I wonder. I'm hoping, I'm hoping we still, we constantly have a good relationship. Also a son, I feel like he's always going to be a mama's boy. So mm. I'm kind of very looking forward to that because he already is like, oh, you also, know. Also you're training I, him with a bat. It's like when the <laughs> apocalypse begins, he'll be all strong and baseballed out. Yeah. Totally. Like our kid is just going to be useless. She's going to, we're going to have to like pack her in the, in the back of the RV and hope that we don't get stopped by like roving bands of white supremacists on our way to the apocalypse uh, well, escape hatch. Your kid's going to be smart. Like my kid's not going to be able to read, <laughs> but he'll be able to hold a bat. Smart's not going to help though. That's the thing. <laughs> At the end of the world, smart's out. You know, I mean, what, what use, what use do we have for, for lawyers and gymnasts? What we're going to need is bi- these bruisers with baseball bats to get us to the safe space <laughs> yeah. for you to get up to Livermore. But we'll need your daughter to give him directions on how to get there. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a big lug with a bat. <laughs> Me no know where to go. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be good. We'll put them both on a motorcycle and we'll let them escape and we'll all die together. Oh, he'll the, love a motorcycle. <laughs> all the adults die together and we'll let our children go free. <laughs> all right. Well, Moshe, why don't we take Sorry. a call? Okay. Yes. Let's take a call. Do you, These you know people that we, are waiting. we got people waiting to oh, get advice no, from I us? No, I didn't. No, yeah. to get advice from her. Okay. Oh, us too. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Moshe. As a sober, wet blanket loser, I can tell you there's nothing more embarrassing than being at a party and drinking on a sparkling water while everybody else is sipping on wine. That's why there's hop water. In fact, Moshe, I drink and I've actually been really enjoying hop water. Hop water's good. It's a sipping beverage, but it's non-alcoholic, sparkling hop water, and it's got adaptogens. So if you want that brain to bulge and you want to look cool at a party, yeah, they got adaptogens. Yeah, they got nootropics for added mood-boosting benefits. It's H-O-P-W-T-R, hop water, and it's made from an exclusive blend of hops that gives it all the crisp, citrusy pine flavor that we crave. The best part is hop water is purposefully crafted without calories, carbs, or sugar, but it is really refreshing, and I'm not kidding, 
this stuff tastes really nice. It makes you feel like you're having a drink experience rather than just sipping on something to quench your thirst. Hop Water is a perfect brew to help you unwind at any time, and I know you'll love it too. Listen, for a limited time, just our listeners get 20% off your first purchase. You want this stuff in the fridge for when people come over. Anyone can drink it. There's nothing worse than like having a stacked fridge full of stuff that your friends come over and they're all on the wagon. They don't want to drink your beer. They don't want to drink your wine. They want to drink your hop water. So get 20% off your first purchase and free shipping when you order 24 cans or more by going to hopwater, H-O-P, W-T-R dot com slash honeymoon. Don't wait. Order today. Go now to H-O-P-W-T-R dot com slash honeymoon. Get your case. Hey, Tosh. Yamosh. I am so uncomfortable. I've been wearing this bra that I bought from Sears Roebuck Company all day long, and my titties are chafing. You know that feeling when you get home from a long day and immediately want to take off your bra with honey love? You'll never experience that again. Their bras are so flipping comfortable, you'll forget you're wearing them. And honestly, I have fallen asleep in my bra before. You're saying it's more comfortable than a Sears Roebuck hardcore bronze underwire bra? <laughs> Honey Love's bestseller crossover bra is so comfortable, it's sure to be your new go-to. And also, if you're tired of bras that cause bulging in the back, Honey Love's bras are designed with back smoothing fabric to prevent a bra bulge. Ooh, I hate bra bulge. You I've don't been... even know what bra bulge is, you Moshe. You don't know what Male I know. privilege. Honey Love has you covered for the everyday look, workouts, weddings, and more. Honey's what you need in your life. You've earned it. They don't just have bras. They've got shapewear, too. Treat yourself to the best shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash honeymoon. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off. Honeylove.com slash honeymoon. Cinched, snatched, and lifted. It's time for Honey Love. All right, we are going to call. Waiting on the line is Raquel in Los Angeles. Hi, everyone. Hey, Raquel. It's Natasha, Moshe, and our friend Sarah Tiana. Hello. Hi. So nice to be with you guys today. Big fan. Nice to have you here. You're looking on point, camera ready. <laughs> I, 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 we're excited Good to hear. In LA. Yeah. <laughs> What's Eight up? Eight self tapes this morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not beautiful. Fun, but, um, oh my gosh, I could really use your guys' advice today. So I'm super happy to be on. Heck okay. Yeah. Jump right in. Yes. Yeah. We suggest the Stella Adler method. That's Natasha's <laughs> preferred acting method. But I've always been more of a method guy. Go ahead. How can we help? Sounds good. Okay. So I'm in a new relationship. It's just been about three months. We met kind of at the wrong time. Um, we met on the same day my ex and I broke up, but uh, we have a total meet cute story. It started like a wildfire. Anyways. Um, Are you reading this off a prompter right now? <laughs> what? It's just, this is very well crafted. Keep going. I wrote notes because I'm nervous, um, but Anyways, so, you know, while we were dating, he told me that he had a trip planned to Singapore for two months where he had to work overseas. He just left a week ago and, you know, a month leading up to him leaving, we started kind of having some trouble in paradise. I started seeing red flags. Um, I've just been very anxious about the whole thing. And so my question is, if I kind of have this gut feeling that it might not work out, we've only been together 
a little under three months. Should I wait the two months? What are the red flags? Yeah, give give us some red flags. Is it literally the flag of Singapore? Isn't that red? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, a few red flags. So he told me he like was in love with me at first sight. Um, he also told me that he's never really been in love before. He's 50. Mm. Um, I'm 36. So, um, I've had several relationships, um, and I've had a lot of experience dating and being in love. Um, wait, 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 hold on. He's 50. He's 50 and he's never been in love. That's, that was, that's a, that's a big, big old. Yeah. I mean, he says he's had love for people. He does have a son, um, an older son, but he's said he's never like really been in love. And okay. Then, all right. Know. Give us one more red flag. What else we got? <laughs> okay. Um, did he say he so- has love for his son or did he say, I love my son? No, he does love him. That'd be cool if he was like, oh, <laughs> that's my son. I got, I got love for him. I'll, I'll be honest. Okay. Okay. What else we got? And then another red flag is like very generous over giver, but doesn't communicate any needs. So little passive aggressive um gets upset with me for not like helping him clean up clean up after he like makes me dinner even though that was like all his idea right so th- just these subtle jabs here and there and just emotionally a little closed off and so yeah i mean i don't know he kind of asked me to move in pretty soon there's just like a lot of things happening and it's only been 3 months um but here so i'm not feeling great about it however he did for my birthday buy me a trip to Japan, and so he asked if I would just meet him to um, in Japan at the end of his trip. And so that's kind of like my dilemma: Do I trust my gut and kind of Mm-mm. call it quits while we're apart, or do I kind of see what happens Mm-mm. over the next two months? We meet in a different country. I mean, I I will tell you, I was abducted by a con artist when I was twenty three. <laughs> if you want to read my book, it's a chapter in my book. Um, and every single thing you've said so far, he, he also did. Mm, Interesting. Yes. I also was catfished and to me, it sounds like this guy has a second family and they live in Singapore. (laughs) (laughs) I swear to God. And he's asking you to meet him in Japan because he might have to go back to his real family. My, my person made me fly to Hong Kong, like on my way, I I was meeting him in Australia and he's like, make sure to have a layover in Hong Kong and get me some silk sheets. And then I like had to like buy him like silks in some district and then get back. Like he liked to like send me on errands as a, you know what I mean? Like to control you. Yeah. It's kind of like that type of thing. Like meet me in Japan and you know, like he probably borrowed that however much money that cost your trip he probably borrowed it from some other woman like older woman or something that's in his life and you know I've never felt love before he said the exact same thing mm-hmm. um like I love I loved you at first sight said the exact same thing what, what was your catfish thing Sarah yeah it was a military guy that I met in Djibouti oh, yeah. Africa and you uh, met him in Djibouti yeah he said he was in the special forces but in reality he was just like a contractor not even really in the military and uh he told me that his family had died and the military was his whole life. And, um, you know, and then he just, every time he sent me emails and messages, I, he never called me by my name. It was always pet names. And I was like, me too. Mine was Wiener. Like, yeah. If it was. Beautiful. What a beautiful Yeah. What was name. yours? Beautiful Miss America. Not Wiener? Princess. Wow, so he wasn't a romantic <laughs> no, guy. No, right? not yeah. as romantic yeah. as Natasha's guy. 
<laughs> Natasha is like the easiest mark for a con man. Like, he says the sweetest things to me. He calls me wiener, hot dog, sausage face. I yeah. think it was like sheep getter. I was short, you know, like a like a wiener dog or something. Okay, yeah, no, it is sure. sounding nicer the more you explain it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's a con artist, but you have a good point. He did actually offer Singapore as well, but um I have a new puppy and so I just didn't really want to go for too long like to do Singapore and Japan but anyways you guys do have a really good point um I think I'm just carried away with it because it's the first person that I've met in person um over the last like eight years I've just been on the apps for so long and we met at the dog park and we have the exact same dog and we have the exact same car it's like very weird is it a wiener so dog by any chance like, <laughs> what is it a wiener dog no. Wait. Well, um, Sarah. Sarah said, "Wait, because I, I, I cut you off. You met you met a guy in the same way. Mm-hmm. He catfished you. Oh yeah. How'd you find out? I ended up. She like, met him in person. Yeah. So then I just started doing more research on him because he kept disappearing, mm-hmm. and I kept thinking he was like killed in action. <laughs> and then I did more research on him, and I found uh, his family, his parents, mm. who he said had died in a car accident. And then I found his wife. And then I did a podcast about it and all these women from all over the no world way. contacted me because they were engaged to him. Some of them had children with him. The Djibouti bandit. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. But it was always just like, I, you're the only person I've ever loved. I never felt this way. I never meet anyone. It's mm-hmm. so hard. And they usually have several other women, whether he's married or not to me. Tells that, me that language, a big red flag. And my guy was forty at the time, but I was probably like twenty, you know, twenty three or whatever. So he was also very like older, like he's much older than you as well. Raquel, I have a question. Do you feel sketched out by the guy at all, or just you feel like it's not going to work out? Yeah, I actually don't get the sketchy vibes. I did get a chance to like meet his son, meet his family. Like it all started very fast, so. I'd be pretty impressed if he had a second family in Singapore. I'm not ruling it out. Okay, listen, the guy doesn't have a second family, but you are, you just have to trust your gut. Like you have so much reservation. You just have to like, you don't have to break up with him forever, but I think you have to, if we don't trust our guts in these situations, yeah. What are we really? Gut health is yeah. everything. The biomes in your gut right now. <laughs> With probiotics, you can I, take care of that. I would see uh, about dating other people while he's away and see how he reacts to that because that will be pretty telling. But also, mm-hmm. don't give up on LA. I think it's very hard. It's, you know, I remember when I met my husband, like I, I was like, oh my God, I never like anybody. And then you get so excited and things do move fast because the older you get, the more you know what you don't want. Mm. So you immediately go up. Oh, mm. Nope. I don't want that. I don't want that. So meeting someone that you do want is very exciting. Mm. And so the moving fast part doesn't surprise me. And I don't think that's a red flag, especially at your age. But I think, you know, don't give up on LA. You do end up meeting people out here that are awesome. And there are a lot of choices and that's why it's hard to cipher through all of them. Now he's coming back at the end of this business trip to be here permanently. Yes. Yeah. He lives here in LA. Um, so the, the plan was in early October to meet in Japan for 10 days and then come back here and continue dating. Um, I got some advice. Um, you don't feel like he's dangerous. Mm-mm. You just feel like you're not sure. And he bought you a ticket to Japan, sure. right? Mm-hmm. There's an old mm-hmm. Jewish saying, never do the breakup before the free trip to Japan. <laughs> and what, what better place thinking? to sure. what better place to figure out if your red flags 
are uh, are real or not, uh, then on an all expenses paid trip to Japan in the ho- the the land of the rising sun itself. I mean, what I would do if I were you is I would go to Japan and figure out if your gut is correct. You will. 100% no by the end of the 10 day trip to Japan if he's the guy for you and just make sure you can get your uh, you can change your return ticket home to come home early if you need to okay that, but th- those 10 days in Japan is just the amount of time he needs to emotionally abuse you and get you to stay with him for oh the to next train you to, like a wiener dog year and a half oh that's interesting like he might be able to fully re- you guys though are speaking from a place of trauma like it's possible it's also that when somebody gives you something like that they're expecting what do they expect yeah, in return that's, like that's the question is like and, what and how does he, he react? want from this trip mm. and and more important also importantly how does he react when you don't do what he says yes and what he likes and what he wants and is that yeah. making you feel bad about yourself because that's kind of stuff can wear very slowly but then you know next thing you know you're kind of like what is the answer to that Um, you know what? He seems very open. My biggest concern is just like, he's never been to therapy. He grew up in like a very closed off household and I've just been doing the work and I'm so, I feel like emotionally available at this time that I just, you know, he said he's willing to go to therapy. Great. But at 50, how much can you change? How long is it going to (laughs) take? You think 50 year olds are fucked? (laughs) Wait, do you want to have kids? I do. I do. With him? I just figured it all out. Because he sounds like a bad dad. I'm sorry. You guys, you don't know this guy. He seems really cool to me. I, I just figured it out. You're going. I know yeah. you're already going because everything they say, you're like, yeah, but he's good. I feel like you're going anyway. Am I wrong? Like, is right now you're you're planning on going on going? I'm leaning towards going, but She's like going. it's been a week since he's been gone, and every day I've kind of felt like anxious and let down by like the communication and stuff. So I'm like, should I put up with it for two? months Mm. or should I just kind of emotionally disconnect for a bit and then go and see what happens like I guess that's like I don't know I'm a little impulsive so sometimes I'm like maybe I'll just break up with him now and I'll buy myself a trip to Japan early next year (laughs) I just think relationships are so much about how the other person makes us feel yeah yeah and what makes you think that the way you feel today Uh or since yesterday with the breakdown of communication is Maybe that is partly how you guys communicate. I don't know. Do you tell him uh, that you don't like this? That he's not communicating well? Yes, I do. And he's like, okay, I will call you more. I will text you more. But I guess for me, it's like he says all the right things and he's actually doing them. But why don't I feel loved the way I want to be loved? So that's like, I guess I'm like, is it me? Is it my own stuff? Or is it maybe just not the right fit? And so it might take a little bit more a few more conversations and maybe a trip to Japan and talking over sushi. But, um, told you she's going, she's already planning the the, the diet. I mean, I will say that like, we're no, we're never perfect. And you know, like I do think that you should help with the dishes. If someone makes you dinner, I do think that that is like when I make somebody dinner, I expect them to help with it. It's like the nice thing that you do, but I feel like there's, there's, you know, that's like, She's like, it was his mess. (laughs) (laughs) It was a delicious mess, too. Not as delicious as the sushi trip to Japan I'm taking. But if he's not communicating enough and that's not fulfilling for you, I I think you have to do something about that. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling my gut, and I do recognize that you two as women are hearing different things than me because it's like, easy for me to say like just go like if you're hearing red flags 
like it's possible there are things that I've missed just because I don't I've never had to deal with <laughs> dating men basically and how shitty they can be but I just feel like you're so correct me if you disagree with me uh you're you're anal you're too analytical right now you're trying to figure out if like this feeling like you will not I don't believe again if you disagree tell me I don't believe that you can accidentally fall into a a long-term multi-year relationship with someone and you'll miss the fact that you never felt love like you will know at a certain point if it's wrong it will you will figure it you will go oh this is I don't want to be in this and you're not going to miss that cue so while you are not sure as we have said on the podcast before if the bread ain't ready don't take it out of the oven while you're not sure what is the purpose of 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 ending the experiment if you still are in stay in until you're out and if this was disagree Sarah, you I think it's because I think sometimes we stay in when we are in our late thirties because we go, when am I going to get another one? You're worried Fair. about your n- not ha- meeting someone else, and you go, should I just try to keep making this work because this is the closest I've been in so long, and I'm getting older, and my eggs are I'm losing eggs every day, and I don't want to miss out on my and any other opportunities. Mm. So then we end up staying and ignoring red flags. That's okay, fair. let I, me just tell you one thing. Fair. I think that when guys say, I've never been in love before, when they're 30 with someone they just met, they that is like a, a tactic that like probably mystery teaches or something. <laughs> like to try to fuck with a very particular type of person's brain to make them feel like you guys have this like amazingly special love when in reality you're not that compatible and, you know... He's I definitely feel like it happens to women in their 30s and 40s That's way more often because, again, we're we're vulnerable at those times because you there's nothing in you that doesn't start thinking like, am I ever going to have children mm-hmm. and am I losing all my opportunities because I'm I'm not being open and I'm not changing enough or they're, you know, if I just met them halfway you know, mm. maybe we would be in a better relationship when in reality, it's like, no, fuck you. Like, you're not great. I'm making mm-hmm. you greater than you are because I am worried about my own future and my own ability to have children. All like, right. It I really take it fucks back. with you're, your head. And you're so right, Sarah, because um, I was really vulnerable when this happened to me, but it's because I was like 22. Yeah. But now the new vul- there's also the vulnerable women who are like ready to start families, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, you just want to be preyed upon by a guy who actually really has a bad personality. <laughs> I, I take it back to listen to these brilliant women. What do I know? I, I am but a mere man. But I know you want the sushi trip, but if this were Shark Tank, I'm out. I'm not investing in this relationship. You're out as well. <laughs> I'm out. I'm cautiously well, in. Because I also listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. Yeah, and I hear what you're no, saying. No, no. That's why I asked her for. I don't want to be tonight's top safe. story. Yeah. I, it does I do feel, feel safe. I do feel safe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, but the good news is that I did freeze my eggs in my early 30s. So at least like yeah. I'm not, um, I'm, you know, I'd like to start a family within a couple of years, but I have a backup. So. All right. Great. Well, good luck. You've got our votes. It's two no's and a possible yes. <laughs> I'm not hitting the golden buzzer for this guy, but I'm also not willing to have you not take a free trip to Japan. Uh, but <laughs> I think probably Sarah and Natasha have more collective wisdom on this topic than I do. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, no, it's fair. I, I respect their opinion so much. Thank All right, you Raquel. Raquel. Oh, oh, I have one more really important bit of Uh-oh. advice. And this will actually will help you and your partner. Watch 44 <laughs> on YouTube. 44. Sarah Tiana's stand-up right special. Now. You should. Okay. All right. All right. Goodbye. Thanks, Raquel. Maybe on the Bye. flight over.
Well, Maybe it'll be the last stand-up special you ever watch because you'll never return. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All Bye. right. Good luck. So mm-hmm. Raquel will, will watch this. Sarah, I forgot to ask you when she was on. Do you have any advice for people? Because you said there's still a lot of nice guys out there in mm-hmm. Los Angeles. Like, apart from, like, did you do internet dating? Yeah, where'd you, uh, is that where you found your man? No, no, I met him on the comedy store on the front patio. I just saw him and I go, that's my boyfriend. And no, it, really? It, yeah, I just, like, instantly was like, that's who it is. <laughs> and it took me a really long time to convince him. It took me, like, six months to convince him. You asked him, him out? I mean, I just immediately hit on him and I, you Wait know, made minute, him get Sarah, my number. You just <laughs> got through telling Raquel when a guy says, I'm in love with you from at first sight at a certain age, it's a, <laughs> a control tactic. But that's I basically that. what you did to your, to your man. You were like, I you're knew, mine. But I didn't tell him I loved him. Yeah. You know, I didn't tell him I never felt love before. You know? And he certainly didn't say that to me. I mean, here's what always trips me out is uh, like, it's one thing to feel love for the first time at first sight. It's another thing to have the lack of common sense to be 50 and tell the person, oh, and, I'll, and I love you and I've never felt it before. Like, if you're a little savvier, you just don't mention that part. You kind of, you say, yeah. you no, know. Because I remember when this happened to me, then I met one of his friends and he told me about the girl that he left me for. He was like, yeah, he would always tell her, I've never been in love before, you know? And like, I've never met, you know, it's like, I think it's like a thing. Mm. It's a con, no, it's a manipulation tactic. When where you're you old go, too. You know, I, you know, this, 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 love, love, love. And then you pull the love away. You go away. You mm. take a trip. Yeah. I'm not available for a week. Don't you miss me? What's your life going to be like without me? And then when you come back, everyone's just, you're just so excited to see them again and hear from them again that you don't question all of these moves that they make. And you and when you're not a liar, you can't tell that someone else is lying. You really feel this guy's a liar. I do. It's so interesting. Yeah. Wait, I didn't when, get when, it at all. But I mean, again, I say that from a place of like, I'm not attuned to those kinds of sketchinesses because I just, I haven't had the experience of dating weird men. But this is the other men. thing. When, you, when they come back and you go, I, I don't like that you did this. They go, well, I just didn't know you cared about me that much. I didn't realize mm. that you loved me enough. And I go, no, no, no. I'm not. I know this one. Like, mm. it's not my fault that you don't know how to show love. It's oh. your fault that you don't know how to do that. It's not me for not giving you enough love. I gave you what you needed. You went away and, you know, and that is the manipulation tactic. The manipulation is you didn't, oh, I didn't know that you loved me. I just Ooh. didn't know that you cared. And it's like, so that makes you feel like, oh, what was I doing wrong? I wasn't showing them that I loved them. Dropping bombs and then over it's here. It's like. It's a cult meant that, you know, it's like how people well, sell cults. How long was your catfishing scenario? Um, it was about three months long. Okay. I was very lucky because I figured it out fast. Well, he picked the wrong mark. That's a, his yeah. mistake was finding a really kind of intuitive and smart woman. Like he should have just gone with somebody that wasn't very analytical. He they try would, to. I'm they, not sometimes sure he had they're some mistaken. of those too. Yeah. Well, they, I don't think he anticipated that I would do a podcast that would reach <laughs> global proportions and like go viral and have Good Morning America contact Did he contact me. you? Oh, yeah. That what? happened to you? Oh, yeah. Good Morning America. Call, all this <laughs> Did stuff. Did he cease like, and desist you? Oh, he called me and he's like, the government is going to get involved and the army is going to come after you. I go, oh, please have them call me. I would Mm. love to talk to them. Mm. My uncle's a two-star general. Please have them call me. I would love to take care of it. Because you- Could you do the hand movements? Yes. I said, please, please, please. 
Do it. Please. Bring them. Bring them. Bring them. I probably already know them, motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, you can't you can't do this to me. And uh, he was like in his mm, bag of tools and he was pulling them out and mm-hmm. you were like uh, rebuffing them. He's like, damn, that one didn't work. Yeah, that Let one me try work. another one. No, I can't scare he her. Fucked, he fucked with the wrong he person. With the wrong Why person? was it on Good Morning America? Because it happened a lot. It happened. It didn't go on there, but they contacted me to oh. talk to him because it, it went viral. Because then, you know, all these women started contacting me, you know, from all over and sharing this exact same pictures that I had of him. So he was just sending the same pictures and that's why he called me those pet names and never by my name. So because he was he was doing like too many women. You think you were BCC'd? (laughs) Yeah, could have been. I could totally have been BCC'd. Love bug. Every woman's like, (laughs) oh, I miss love bug. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, For sure. Where's he at now? No idea. I do. Jail. Still I know where he is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Singapore? That's exactly right. <laughs> He's in Did Singapore. you give him any money? Uh, no, but I did mail him lots of stuff. And uh, yeah, did I send him money? They do this thing, don't I they? Don't w- think I, I, didn't, I don't think I sent him any money. Manipulators do this thing where they, they, they will be connected to a, um, a holy uh, pillar of society, mm-hmm. like the military the church mm, mm-hmm, like they'll totally. do this thing where they'll, they'll manipulate mm, your sure. desire to be like like send me stuff oh because i i am but a war-torn yes. i'm a hero <laughs> for this nation just please if you we could have send some me victory s- vegetables s- we're gonna <laughs> send <laughs> um should we do some secrets yes sarah on this podcast we have people call and leave their deep dark secrets on our secrets hotline oh. we thought we'd play a few for you and see what you think okay wow hey tosh yamash yeah, you ever feel like society is slightly depressing? Uh, yeah, I've noticed that. You ever feel like the news cycle slash life cycle is a little stressful? Yeah, you know, I even took the news off of my phone and I'm still stressed out. That's why Talkspace is here for you now. They've made it easy to find a therapist you like. You don't even have to leave your house. It's convenient. You can meet online. You can meet at home, wherever you're most comfortable. You can do a freaking therapy appointment in your Tesla X. Because you love Elon almost as much as you love mental health. Why wait? Sometimes people wait until something bad happens to talk to a therapist. You can get a therapist through Talkspace and talk to them now. Therapy can help you shift your perspective, find tools to cope in difficult times, and be a guiding light. The time to start taking your mental health seriously is now. It's never tomorrow. And they've made it so easy you don't have any excuses. You want us to make it even easier for you? Well... We'll give you $80 off your first month. $80? $80 off your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com slash honeymoon and you'll match with a licensed therapist today. It's secure. It's private. They've got encryption. You don't have to worry about your privacy. Just go to Talkspace.com slash honeymoon and get $80 off your first month. That's Talkspace.com slash honeymoon. Hey, Legeros. My secret is, despite having so many friends who are mega Swifties, Taylor Swift fans, AKA people just who have bought tickets, merch, whatever. Um, I personally just pretend to like her music when I'm around them just to not rock the boat. I don't get it. Some of her music is fine. It's catchy. I'm not saying it's the worst. Uh, And honestly, and genuinely, I've been really impressed by her character and the way that she's treated her tour employees and all of that is super admirable. I think as a person, she's great. But the hype around her music is um, a little baffling to me. I, uh, she sings three, maybe four notes the whole time in any <laughs> given song. An example of one of her 
popular verses in the song is like, fever dream high in the quiet of the night, you know that I caught it. That's two notes, two notes, that was two notes. And I would justify her ticket sales if her dancing or whatever, uh, but that's not it. Anyway, I just feel like an outsider, and I know that I can't say what's on my mind to that fandom, so I'm just venting to you guys. But a lot of my friends are very obsessed and have bought not only one, but two, even multiple tickets to her show, which I'm sure is very entertaining and wonderful. Um, And again, I think... What she does as a person is great. <laughs> I just don't get it in terms of the music. This Thanks, is bye. this is how intense the cult of Taylor Swift is. Is this woman that was calling to talk shit did like ninety qualifiers? Right. Like she is great. Everything about her yeah. is great. Her skin, porcelain, perfect. I love how she treats her tour oh, staff as a humanitarian. She's a ten out of ten. <laughs> but like a Gen X person calling but about her like, songs are trash. Yeah. Her dancing's trash. Uh, yeah, she just couldn't get it out as a full shit. Like a Gen X person calling to talk shit about a band they hate would have been like, "Here's the thing. They suck. They fucking suck." But she, yeah. we can't do that anymore. Mm. Are you a Swift person? I mean, I uh, I don't know a lot of her stuff. I don't know a lot that about music. That girl did a good impression. The that way that Natasha knows about sports is the way I know about music. <laughs> oh, like, really? I really do not know. Like, I mean, I could probably Sounds name like a Taylor Swift five <laughs> Beatles songs. I could probably name five Taylor Swifts. I mean, because I do listen to country music from the 80s and 90s. <laughs> But I she's think she's like Swift. over here with like Merle Haggard. Yeah, she knows who Paula Abdul is. <laughs> Do you remember like what? Hi, uh, it's me. I'm calling just to tell you Merle Haggard. I mean, listen, <laughs> as a kind of you know gruff cowboy, I think he does a great job. Listen, just, when it comes to people who've been in prison and also do music, he is very good. I think his work as a criminal was actually really special. Yeah. but his music is leaves a little to be desired. He sounds like this. Here's me, Merle. Um. Yeah, I, I feel like I've met five people this past week who have spent their entire life savings yeah. on Taylor Swift mm-hmm. tickets. And I, that was just very confusing to me because uh, a lot of them are moms. Oh, God. And I'm like, and my, my other friend, she said they drove to the SoFi Center four times last week. Oh, my God. Because the kids all got, had to go twice. It sucks had- to drive there when there's not... A, a, a show or a, a game there. It's but they, already hard to drive but there. F- families are spending $10,000. Yeah, it's like insane. Having I, the kids go. I, I always think it's interesting when there's an experience that people are like like bloodletting to get into <laughs> yeah. that I would be like unsure if I wanted to do for free. Like if right. somebody brought me Taylor Swift tickets front row, I would probably go... Just because I would like to see, but it has. I'd like I to might see get a her, bit out of it. Yeah, her outfits. Yeah. Doesn't she change her outfit? I just every would like song to see what something? everybody's talking about. Yeah, I have an analogy. I bet, about, I bet I'll probably cut out, the outfits. I'll probably cut out of the oh. podcast because I don't want to deal with the wrath. <laughs> I think Barbie. There's no now, wrath. I've never I mean, listened to Taylor everyone... Swift, and I've never seen Barbie. So let me start with that. I think Barbie is the Taylor Swift <laughs> you, of movies. You can't talk about things if you haven't seen them. Well, l- well I'm I, with you, Moshe, so we can both agree on this. I haven't seen Barbie or Taylor Swift in concert. I think, and I think that they, here's what I'm saying. They're both good, but the degree of how much people are like, like, um, performatively loving these mm-hmm. things, it, it supersedes the, the amount of good that they are. They're good, but people's, like, look at me, I love this. Is a, It's a different thing. It's like, yeah. a, it's almost a, a cultural it's sort Instagram. of It's Instagram. It's like the perfect thing. Right. No one went to a, con- a Taylor Swift concert and didn't Instagram it. You I know? saw a great Reddit thread that was comparing the um, 
songwriting ability of Lennon McCartney to Taylor Swift. <laughs> and they were saying that Lennon McCartney sucked in comparison to Taylor Swift. I, I, people, I mean, I used to have a joke about her because she used to just be like a country star. And I mm-hmm. think she had a song like... I wear short shorts, or no, you wear <laughs> short shorts, I wear her? sneakers. Oh, is that her? Yeah, oh. and so I used to like... Oh, that was fairy tale, I think. I remember the song... So I this was like 25 years ago. I had like a joke about like country singers, and it was her, so... Wasn't there a short short song about a uh, pubic hair removal um, <laughs> chemical? Nair, do you remember that? If you dare yeah, wear... Short, that short, is her song, let me, short, short. Let, me do, let me do it like the lady yeah. on The Secret. If you dare wear <laughs> short shorts, never for short shorts. See, that's just I fun. remember that's, that song. That's, yeah, you remember. I'm just telling you, I had a, you know, she was a country singer. Yeah. She was. And she, she was a modern country singer. And I, like, in by nature, hated new country. Mm-hmm. That was like you how like I. new country? Not a lot. No. No. And I remember when, when she, like, her, the rumor in Nashville, you know, because she moved to Nashville when she was 14. Her mm-hmm. parents moved her from Pennsylvania to Nashville so that she could go well, to she's this a Yankee? great school. Yeah. She's a fucking what? Yankee? What would you what? say? Laura jumped in. Oh, that's funny. Oh, no, no. Laura I know said, the gossip about her. Laura said uh, that Sarah's like, I don't really know anything about her. Well, in she grew up- 1988, at the age of 14, she moved from rural Pennsylvania to Dixieland. I think it was Pennsylvania. <laughs> but I mean, I just like, she went, she had very wealthy parents. And mm. the rumor was that her first album went platinum because her father bought a million copies Whoa. of her album That's so that it would go platinum. Is it? The transitional well, it object. Out, well, now she makes $14 million a day on this tour. Look, she's obviously a talented person. Yes. But is her dad her manager? Um, I don't know. I sh- I'm sorry. I should know this as someone <laughs> yeah, that's right. knew her What's her history? batting average? <laughs> um, all right. Should we play another secret? Yeah, let's do it. Hi, guys. Um, big fan of your show. My wife got me into your podcast. Uh, so here's my secret. Uh, we had a power outage tonight and sitting here my own thoughts and remembered and reminisced of a time that was a little bit more simpler when internet didn't exist the product of being a childhood 90s and remembering back in the day when porn wasn't available images of naked women and fornication and so i would consider myself an artist i i I am nowadays but back in the day i was trying to master the art of shading so i can get the shading right on a perfect boob um and even a butt cheek and eventually a vagina Eventually, I worked my way towards uh, a dick going into a vagina from all different angles, you know, just like a close-up, uh, mm. some doggy-style ones. I mean, who does? I even did one of uh, of a, an ejaculate scene happening on, on a butt, mm. um, and none of which I feel great about. They weren't really, you know, in hindsight, none that I enjoyed. Um but I did look at them. I don't know if they really got me uh, off, but um, it was a great little moment in my life. So, have to go pee. Love you guys. <laughs> that was the real secret. Yeah. <laughs> that was all just to tell us that he had to pee. I this guy missed out on a huge opportunity. He at that age, you could have sold those. There's no porn. Mm-hmm. You're you're mm-hmm. look, look, butt nuts on butts. I, and you I have a feeling he wasn't that talented of a drawer. Mm, you think so? Possibly. Maybe. It was yeah. just like those um, cartoon drops. You oh know? my God. But the, I pity the mom who, f- how would you like if you walked in on little Jaden and he had his 
That's not your kid's <laughs> no, name, right? No, that's not the name. Got <laughs> <laughs> a little go with it. Sure, sure. Uh, Pinocchio. His name's Pinocchio. You oh, walk that on is little adorable. <laughs> that is so Piccolo cute. Piccolo Mini. Or <laughs> and you, when you saw that Geppetto from across the comedy store <laughs> yeah. patio, you were like, that puppeteer, that's my man. I just, I don't think that there's anything wrong with drawing penises and boobs and being. If you just saw like a whole spiral full of like vaginas and butts and like. And nuts. And like pubic hair and like that is a good question. Tits, like I would the much whole rather spiral. see that than like um, the knives going into bodies. And, uh, <laughs> oh, but it's pets being beheaded. Yeah, and that's stuff true. Like that. But it's covered in like this like gel, like like crusty Fine. gel. I think that's healthy. This. Like yeah. I would prefer for him to. I mean, they're going to do that. that so I would prefer see, for him right. to do that to drawings than to porn, which I feel like is not realistic. Like that's not what sex is. What you think his drawings were that realistic? <laughs> say he shaded things but i think you're, that's an interesting point like you you see that from your son and you go okay he's horny all people are horny yeah you see the knife you go oh i i have a monster I, this is a monster yeah, yeah the knife is scary you're right you're yeah, right you're i think right. i would much rather Healthy. him yeah yeah and just i think also um, men need to use their imagination when it comes to sex and when i think you are addicted to porn you go you're not you exactly, yeah, you're not exactly interested in me and my body and what I'm doing because you already have this image in your head and like, it's just easier to do that than to try to form a relationship and like, I, I will tell you, I have never thought about pornography during sex in my life. Never? Never, not once, never. You never thought about someone else in a, from a porn while you're From having a porn? No, never. Oh, okay. no, really, honey? No, no, never. That's never. Very <laughs> no, I'm oh, serious. Oh, No, I'm being so serious. That's I swear amazing. to God. I'm being ser- no, no. But I mean, I haven't either, but I also I've thought about. Watch. I've thought about people uh-huh. that yeah. I've actually been with mm-hmm. while oh, I was so with you just someone else. Think of oh. other people. <laughs> yeah, I don't think porn. Mm. I think actually More porn, realistic. I think porn, <laughs> what it does is, it, I thought the point you were making uh, but I think it's sort of related is that porn outsources your imagination and you no longer are using right. your imagination. You're just, it's like video games. Like mm-hmm. when you're playing a video game, you can't think about anything else. And porn is like that too. You don't have to think about anything sexual. But it's just por- being bombarded into your brain. I think porn and video games are similar because they numb the dopamine in your brain. Mm. So it's numbing that part of your brain that is aroused because it, when you're constantly getting aroused by video games and screens and porn, you're n- less likely to get easily aroused by just a boob on a page. I could use a little numbing, if you know what I mean. <laughs> right, Natasha? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. It's well, <laughs> I, I think Sarah has such good advice, we should take another call. She does have good nice. advice. And knowledge drops. Mm. That whole thing about the manipulation, uh, you got you got you got me over here thinking. <laughs> Which I'm part? over here thinking. Well, just like the, you were right. That's what, you what said. I think about during sex is being manipulated <laughs> by a guy He's in like Singapore. Joining us. Well, did you see that documentary about the the cult in at Sarah Lawrence University? No, but it's really I've good. heard it's great. I yes. recommend it. But what's really interesting about it is this guy was able to it was exactly Manson-esque, Jim Jones-esque cult manipulation tactics, except it was on the most like unbelievably unimportant small I'm not unimportant these are human beings but it was just it by the end of the cult it was two women but they were still as locked into his thing as the Manson girls were into Charles Manson it's like these kind of thought control techniques they Mm -hmm. work and sometimes I imagine it's kind of what you're saying it's even in a relationship that mm-hmm. the re- just one on one it can become a cult. Mm-hmm. Like no real behavioral difference from a real cult. It's just that it's one person controlling another, and that you got me over here thinking like a Taylor Swift thong, <laughs> song, thong, like a Taylor Swift thong. <laughs> well, real short shorts. Listen, we have someone we oh, want to talk to from my hometown on the line. 
Her name is Audrey. I hope I don't know her. And she's from Oakland. This is where I'm from. Maybe it's one of the girls that you imagine you're fucking when <laughs> we're fucking, Mosh. <laughs> this is just outside of Livermore, Oakland is. Yes, I, it's one yes. of the suburbs of Livermore. Yes, I know. Is that true? Wait, no. no. Is, is Livermore Liver- no, a suburb? Oh, like, they're all East Bay. Livermore. You're from the East Bay? Yeah, she's yes. from... That's where Livermore is in the East Bay. You are? Yeah, Audrey. I was born there. Oh. Where are you at in Oakland? I'm at uh, Freeville. Fruitvale, said Fruitvale, oh, Fruitvale East Station, Oakland. very famous. E- yes, oh, yeah. East Oakland, <laughs> in the building. What's happening? How can we? This is Sarah Tiana and Natasha Lazaro. Hello, and I'm also, hi. hi. Oh, good to meet you guys. Yeah, you too. I just drove through Oakland yesterday. We could have done this in person. <laughs> oh, fuck. we couldn't have because I have COVID. Oh, I would have so. come over. I don't believe in it. I, <laughs> I am immune to COVID <laughs> because I don't believe in it. Uh, Are you okay? Yeah. You only have COVID because you took a test. That's right. <laughs> if you don't take a test, you don't have it. No, actually, we were going to my brother's wedding. Audrey, hold on a second. <laughs> we were going to my brother's wedding. We were up in the Bay Area for my yeah. brother's wedding, and Natasha had a sore throat. And um, we, were at a, we were at a synagogue because my brother's doing like a pre-synagogue thing, and this guy came in and saw that Natasha was wearing a mask. Um, and she's like, he's like, why are you wearing a mask? And she's like, oh, I have a sore throat. And he goes, don't test. This is a stranger. This is a stranger. Honey, don't Don't test. test. And then he left and he came back across the room. He goes, don't test. She tested. She was good. She was good. She was good. And my sore throat went away. But anyway, I was just paranoid. Audrey, we're so sorry you have COVID. Um, And our advice. Oh, how is it? How has it been? Has it been? Here's how I felt. I felt like I had smoked a couple cigarettes the night before, even though I hadn't. That's what I thought COVID was, but it wasn't. Yeah, this has been really... um... Yeah, it's been pretty bad. Like I was like coughing up stuff and like never have I been this sick before. And I've smoked many cigarettes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh no, this so you have it bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, not bad enough to not appear on a podcast. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say you're not gonna end up in the ICU. Now, uh, in regards to your advice question, here's our advice. Uh, she hyper- haven't asked. I, I know where she's going with this. We, <laughs> I say a, a hyper dose of ivermectin, okay? Get out in the sunlight <laughs> nude. Get out in the sunlight nude and in salt water because COVID can't thrive in a salt water environment. Mm-hmm. How can I we have- those things are true. Yeah, <laughs> they seem true. true. Uh, what's up? Um, yeah, happy to um, be here to be able to ask you guys a question about um, something in my relationship. So I don't know like, if I should just go ahead and ask it or... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've been in this relationship for about a year, a little bit longer than a year, um, and it's been wonderful. Like I've never like in this relationship, I've been able to grow in so many ways, and I've never like loved. I think authentically in my life up until this person, um, and yeah, so it's been really great. Um, something that I'm kind of navigating is that like I also don't want to be married ever, right? Um, I was engaged when I was younger, and that was really awful, and. Um, have been in other bad relationships where that's just been like not good, a good thing. Um, but now I'm kind of struggling on like how to really tell this person fully like I love them and I want to be with them like for the long run without saying that I want to be married. So I, I just feel like I don't have a lot of like language on how to like communicate that without being like, oh, let's get married and spend the rest of our lives together, you know? What do you think he feels? Does he want to get married? No, no. In fact, we have like... We have like a lot of really funny jokes about um, about not wanting to get married. Um, so yeah, we're like definitely on the same page about like. Do you want not- him to commit to you that he's verbally that he's going to spend the rest of his life with you without getting married? No, 
I mean, it's not even really about... Because that's the point of getting married is like, then you don't have to say it. You're just like, oh no, you already said you'd do that. Yeah. That's I, the uh, point of marriage? <laughs> no, I'm saying though, you know, it's like, if you're not married, isn't it easy to break up? Well, it, you don't have am, to like consider any... a lot of any, paperwork. Yeah, you don't have to consider anything. Am, am I understanding your question correctly? Because I'm a little confused. You just confused. kick them out of the house. What it is. Is your question basically that you you have this deep love that feels more than just like boyfriend girlfriend love from your past, but you don't you're not interested in the marriage ritual, but you want something to signify that it's more than than just some relationship, but but without committing to this marriage thing. Yeah, more so like I want to be able to like communicate that to him mm. with the same like fullness is when people say like oh let's get married yeah i would like to be able to like say something that has that kind of weight i got it tattoos uh yeah you're in oakland you might as well get tattoos (laughs) some uh yeah joint get pierced together yeah get pierced together so so that that you're like handcuffed yeah you're locked (laughs) (laughs) mutual genital piercing so you can't unlock romantic jewelry that you both wear well i mean what do you live together no no not yet um, do you want to live together? Yeah, I think so. Um, I have to not be poor first. I'm still quite poor. Well, stop doing um, that. Have you thought about that? <laughs> and if you get married, you can combine finances. That's true. Come be- on, girl. Yeah, just be true. just because you've that's had true. some bad. It sounds like you're trying to control something that doesn't need to be controlled. Oh, that is correct, yes. Natasha. I feel like the problem. You've just not- been sitting at home for eight days. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like there is an issue. I don't feel like. Uh, you know, I feel like you've both communicated that you don't want to get married, but neither one of you have communicated that you want to break up. So you're both exactly where you should be. But you want to, in a way, I agree with you, Sarah, but it's... uh, No, she's traumatized from marriage. So she's got it in her head. She's never getting married and she's already trying to like, you know, and she's got him joking about it and she's like, oh, but I really like this guy and now I definitely can't marry him because we like joke about how I'm never getting married and I don't know. (laughs) So I... I, yeah, I am. Tra- I am traumatized by. I am traumatized by marriage. I, so that's not inaccurate. But um, this guy is not the other guys. I mean, the best thing you can do for your relationship is just make sure that this one just keeps getting better and better, and stay in it, and just keep letting him know how much you love him. And you know, learning someone's love language is very helpful. So maybe it would be he would like that if you told him like you don't have to mention marriage. In fact, if it's like tripping you up, maybe stop saying it. Maybe you stop making jokes about it, mm. even though you don't want to get married, and then just replace that or you know also add to it just some like positive things about how much you love the relationship and like you know you can even say like you know I would grow old with you or you know however you want to talk to him and let him know it sounds like you guys have a pretty like communicative relationship yeah Uh, definitely I feel Uh, go ahead go ahead oh yeah I just uh the jokes that we have around it though are really funny so I am kind of reluctant to like not joke about it anymore like oh then just you know write your comedy act but also don't ever (laughs) refute natasha's advice that's one of the strong rules of this podcast is that you take this advice i guess i'm a little confused because i feel like maybe you're worried that you're going to regret not wanting to get married Mm. or you think that something Mm. in your relationship is going to change because to me it sounds like you're both on the same page but the fact that you keep having to say i don't want to get married is you having to remind yourself that you don't as opposed to yeah. you actually not wanting to. Mm-hmm. Totally. So I think maybe deep down 
what you're really afraid of is is changing your mind. Yeah, that's so smart, Sarah. Be- because he's not those other losers that you dated that traumatized you. Right. It becomes sometimes I don't want to get married, like many things. I don't want to have kids or whatever it is. These things that are true for uh, for people, they be- then become... Badges? Yes, identity badges. Like right. I am, I don't want to get married person. That's who I am <laughs> in the world. And it reminded me, as you were saying it, there, there was this rabbi, I always drop uh-huh. a rabbi's mm-hmm. knowledge on this podcast. Sure. Um, the, Michael Lerner, he's a Bay Area rabbi. He used to give this, it was like a famous thing that he would say a lot about God. He would say, don't let the belief in the God that you don't, don't let the God that you don't believe in, you know, white guy in, on throne with lightning bolts punishing you, prevent you from believing in the God that you could believe in. Right. And it, it occurs to me that this is like sort of analogous to your situation. Like, don't let the, mar- the, the idea of marriage that you think is awful prevent you from the, the, the parts of commitment declarations mm-hmm. that could be beautiful and meaningful to you. Like, there are multiple parts of what marriage is. One, some of them are very unromantic or very like basic human being. I always say like conveyor belt human being experiences where you're just like some basic person doing the same thing everybody else has done. But then there's this other part, which is, which is I kind of think what your question is, where you're like, I want to like have this meaningful acknowledgement of my love, but I don't want it to be in this like very like statist, like classic sort of boring thing that I feel traumatized by, but you can redefine it. I mean, Natasha said it right. He's not, your trauma from the past has nothing to do with your relationship now, but you can go to the woods tomorrow. I I literally just came from the woods where there was a wedding. You could go to the woods tomorrow with you and your partner and all of your best friends and declare your love for him in front of the community because that to me is the part of marriage that is still kind of meaningful and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Part of it is very unromantic, but part of it is you gather all your friends and family in a very uncomfortable way mm-hmm. and you say, we wanted to declare for the community that we are together, that mm. we are partners. And you could do that. Don't touch my bitch. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get up and you say, don't touch my bitch in the woods. Mm-hmm. But you could do that with no no priest and no judge and no uh, paperwork. You could get up and do that tomorrow. You could... You could declare that, you can define whatever that is, that declaration of love on your own and forget your trauma. Never let your trauma determine uh, whether or not you have a meaningful experience, I think. Well said. I was, no, I, no, I was just echoing that it's like, that we used to call them commitment ceremonies before gay people could get legally married. You just had a commitment ceremony with your friends and then somebody married you, you know, just because there's just no paperwork. Right. And I'm sure I I would venture a guess that those couples, those gay couples that couldn't be married, didn't feel less emotionally uh, impacted by those ceremonies, even though I understand why they wanted it to be legitimate on a completely different, sure. like equal rights, civil rights level. But in terms of a love level, I'm there, there's, there's got to be no difference because, you know, that's I, what they used to do in the desert. It would just be you t- give me your yak and now we're married. There was no, no, no judge involved. Beautiful, I, romantic stuff like that. I have a task for you. You're home alone with COVID. Make a list of everything that is in a wedding, you know, like or, or, or that n- not in a wedding, but in a marriage, like shared finances, big party, um, 
public commitments, uh, jewelry, like all the things you can think of. And then think if there's anything in there that you would like Mm -hmm. to have with this person. Mortgages, couples therapy. But Mm -hmm. but maybe... Divorce. Divorce. Uh, (laughs) Custody disputes. Maybe there's something like there is one thing to extract. Like, because the public... The public thing, that seems to me the same as getting married. Because, like, I still don't even know if I, um, if, if, our, if our marriage certificate went through. No, it, we did. We okay. brought it to the courthouse. You, you know, I was We're think- not really. We, we might not really be married. That would be awesome. <laughs> we did. We did. That would be awesome. I struggle with this stuff, too. Not with so much trauma, but with this, like, Natasha calls it my fear of being basic. Is like I there are things when I feel like I'm like doing what everybody else did in the same exact way. I feel like this is pathetic. I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just like, like I said, like I'm on a conveyor belt, mm-hmm. and then at the end you die. Mm-hmm. But then there's another way to look at the experiences like that, which is like I'm in the human experiment. I am a human being, and human beings. Part of what we do is we gather and we say we love each other. And part of what mm-hmm. we do is we have children and we send them to school. Like there's a, a way to look at it and go, God, this is so cringe that I'm just like like everybody else. And there's another way to go, oh, look, I'm a human like every other human. I, I engage in this fundamental what it means to be a human being thing. And you can define what that is for you. That's what I think. Yeah, I love that. Like I am realizing just in this moment that I haven't thought about like even what a marriage means beyond like financial coercion and like i don't know state stuff and and all of that so nice to be reminded that it could be something else um yeah i like that yeah i mean my boyfriend and i are not married we call each other i call him my husband yeah we never got married boom look at this it took you you all this time to mention that that should have been coming people just assume we are (laughs) and like that's fine with me there's just no paperwork do you have joint finances no. You don't have to tell me. Yeah. No, we have, and what we are in each jo- of your individual accounts? <laughs> you don't have to tell me, but we would be a worker. Well, we have a mortgage and a baby, and that feels like paperwork enough. And, yeah, sure. And part of me is like, I, the only reason I feel like I want to get married is because that's just what you're supposed to do. Right. You it's didn't want to have the party? Uh, we're not married because he's never asked. Mm. To be honest, <laughs> that's kind of what's holding us back for me. But I'm just also like, I think also I don't encourage him to ask mm-hmm. and I make tons of jokes about it. And I go, do I really want to? Because I mean, I don't want to have to pay alimony and <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't want to I have to be burnt. I want to be able to leave if I ever need to very easily and quickly. So I, but is that reason enough not to, you know, that you go back and forth. So I don't really most of the time, I don't really think about it. Does it affect, like, will you will you automatically get the child more because if there were a divorce because mm-hmm. you're not married? Yeah, you, I have no idea. You uh, could yeah. probably get full custody. The Ooh, answer is yes. I should have done that. I could, the answer is I yes. I could probably get full custody. No, the custody. answer is yes. It, in the state of California, <laughs> there's, it's, it's actually weird. First of all, Sarah's an amazing relationship. <laughs> no, just, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, but I, also, I think as, as women... Mm-hmm. marriage has all these like nasty historical antecedents that are difficult to ignore. Like, my mom told me my whole life, please just don't get married, whatever you do. <laughs> oh, really? And then she would say, you have to know the person at least seven years. <laughs> She's like, promise me that you'll wait seven years. You know, so it's like that was put on me too. So of course I grew up and I was like, I'm never getting married. Mm-hmm. I'm never, you know, I felt like a flapper my whole life. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, <laughs> you I know, I, like... 
just have fun and yeah. No, just but I a think little that's gypsy right. rolling around. <laughs> I think that like that 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 idea, like you know, historically marriage was anti-woman and it was about mm-hmm. like property exchange and controlling women. And it comes back to what that rabbi said, that male rabbi who really understood the female experience. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it comes back to what that rabbi said. Don't let the marriage that you don't believe in prevent you from having the heavy quotation marks marriage that you would believe in. Like you're, you define it for yourself, you know, maybe whatever it is or nothing. That That's a, a, a legitimate um, choice too, is not to have a ceremony. I mean, you can do whatever you want. All right. Well, you're in uh, we've obviously helped you, so yeah. you're welcome. <laughs> tell that Oakland. Was very helpful. Thank you. Tell Oakland I said hello. Yeah, we'll do. All right. Thanks, Bye, Audrey. Well, another another day, another unbelievable humanitarian experience <laughs> from this podcast. I think she really does want to get married. I think I that think was what so, her issue was. You saw directly into it, and I think you're 100 percent right. She's a progressive woman. She's mm-hmm. like a feminist. She's like a, a you know counterculture person. And then she's like, what does it mean that I actually do want to get married? Like, am I basic? Do I, am I Taylor Swift? Yeah. Am I going back on my word? Am I going back on what I've told everyone I don't want? If I change my mind, what does that look like? What does that mean? So I think you're exactly right. It does. I noticed that with like marriage with, um, uh, yeah. When people don't call it off, like when they're already engaged and then they're like, they get so close and it's like, this is a really toxic relationship, but they're fr- they're like, well, we already invited all these people. We already told all these people we were doing it, and I don't want to leave somebody at the altar. I don't want to be leave this person at the, you know. It's it's like really heavy, and it's not it's not fair. You should just pull the band aid off right now. Yeah. Oh man, getting stood up at a wedding. That's a mm-hmm. rough one. Oh, that would be so crazy. When I met Chris, he had never, he didn't drink alcohol. So I was like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work. And he like didn't even drink iced tea. He only drank water. I was <laughs> like, I'm not dating a camel, you know, like, like a camel. And the one time that he had had alcohol was at a wedding in Hawaii and it got called off while they were all there. And in solidarity, he drank with his friend. And, you know, then he started dating me and now he drinks a lot. But Right. Well, those are your two great passions. <laughs> Congratulations. <and> for, <laughs> they go together. Yeah, that's right. That but I'm right. just saying that, like, people calling off, you don't hear about people calling off weddings. And when you do, people talk about them forever. I got a bit of good news for you, Sarah. Yeah. You're going to be really happy. Okay. And, and Natasha, you're not going to like this. Okay, wait, hold on. I want to get one thing. To are you going to ask me to marry you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd I don't like know for, for sure you to be my second wife. Well, honestly, you might be my first based on what <laughs> Natasha's saying. Um, as long as we can do it in Japan for 10 days. Right, Singapore or Japan. <laughs> no, this is what I was going to tell you. Sarah and Natasha, what's going on over here? Sorry, I'm just getting something I want to read before we go. <laughs> okay. Okay. Natasha, Sarah, this is big news for both of you. I have plans, and I believe tickets, to take our daughter, Natasha, my daughter, to her first Dodgers game. Oh. This month. You do? I do. Why didn't you talk to me about that? Because I don't. I w- why would I tell you that? You would clearly have a violent reaction to it. Do we get to see sit where they have like your own Who's private we? room and a microwave or whatever? Who's we? <laughs> a microwave. I just want to be in a place that isn't not Who's around. She, he's we? saying you're not invited. Yeah. What are you talking about? I, I want to come. You want to come now. <laughs> are they nice seats? 
I don't know. No. Like, are we going to be sitting like You're way, about way the dugout club where they have like, <laughs> a buffet downstairs? I'll go to the parking. dugout club. No, nobody if there's wants, a buffet. You shouldn't I'll go. have your first experience at a baseball game be in a glass booth. It yeah. should be in the gnarliest <laughs> seats you can get. Yeah, in the bleachers where you see a fight. <laughs> yeah, I mean baseball's boring. It's supposed to feel a little boring while it's you're not there. Boring. It's a little now boring. Now it's very fast. No, Is I it? Just, have they they sped it up? Oh yeah. My whole childhood, Sarah, when my brother and my dad were baseball fans and I would pretend I was a baseball fan mm. because I wanted them to not think I wasn't but I also wanted to be different so they were Yankees fans and I would be a Mets fan yeah. I didn't even care about anything but it was just not their team basically yeah it'd be sucky to be fans of either of them this year actually when I go to base because I go to baseball games by myself because I don't like people asking me questions but like one time a friend of mine from England was there and I was like don't ask me any questions unless <laughs> it's very important it's so unfair and in the seventh inning he goes quick question and I'm like oh here come like what's a strike right and he <laughs> says he goes what is it when you walk to, walk to first base you're safe but if you run there you're out <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question well, he's like, what's the rush? And I go, oh, I think you just explained baseball better than anybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you want to read, Tosh? Oh, I mean, I just wanted to. Now you guys changed the topic. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. I know it's really hard to not talk about baseball, but. <laughs> Around you especially. We were, we it's were like talking. a bear. We were talking about <laughs> marriage and, you know, people like, you know, look, getting left at the altar and looking for love. And I saw this ad yesterday in my Instagram that Lars von Trier is um, seeking a new muse for his next work. And um, this is what he says about himself. I have Parkinson's disease, OCD, and controlled <laughs> alcoholism. Mm. Controlled. Would you like to be my muse? <laughs> do you, and I guess my question was, do you think I have a chance? You? <laughs> or like, like wh who do you think? I think the first caller. to hold his paintbrush steady while he paints well, you? I think he's it a sounds, filmmaker. It, it sounds like the oh. first, our first caller, Raquel, might have a shot with this guy. Oh, Seems like this, she should call him. She should call Lars von Trier. He did. I um, just wanted to help oh, him out. He did like Dancer in the Dark and uh, what else did he do? That was a good one. It's mm -hmm. all very depressing, very artsy films. He's but a good filmmaker. Listen, mm. if, you um, if you're out there and you can deal with, uh, I don't. I wasn't exactly sure what controlled alcoholism was. It sounds like he's saying he's got a problem, but it's un he's but a functioning he alcoholic. Yeah. but like he knows you know. to only drink like four vodkas. When a he night drink, or when he takes his Parkinson's medicine, he uses <laughs> a bottle of tequila to wash it down. <laughs> That helps steady the tremors. <laughs> and then he does have an IV. Um, okay. Well, well, not a catheter, so. I'm glad. Well, you're glad Hit you me up on Instagram. Up. I'd love to act as a, um, who's the Jewish woman who's a matchmaker? Yeah. Here's the <laughs> who's thing. Who's the Jewish woman? Who, here's the thing I forgot to tell Raquel uh, what her commitment ceremony should be. Okay. But I'll tell her now because she'll be listening. Watch 44 <laughs> on YouTube from Comedy Central and Sarah Tiana. Just a great comic and a great person. Thank you. You can call us. You can leave your secrets. 213-222-8608. If you want to be on the podcast, you can email us at endlesshoneymoonpod at gmail. And also hit us up on Instagram. Watch us on YouTube and join our Patreon. We're having a dinner party again soon. Where can they find you live? Are you going on the road anytime soon? Uh, I'm going to be in Vegas with Daniel Tosh. I guess the we call him Daniel. Daniel. We call him Dan Danny T. DT. Yeah. Uh, we'll be at the Mirage September 8th and 9th. And then I'll be at the La Jolla Comedy Store at the end of September. If you're in La Jolla, my favorite club, mm -hmm. my favorite club. One of the best in, clubs in, in the in, world. In, yeah, my favorite. Go to the website, buy tickets for Sarah because yeah. 
um, that club is amazing. So if you can so see fun. someone really funny there and not go to like some weird open mic night or something <laughs> that your friend dragged you to, like you should go see. I love Sarah. the Little Hoya Comedy Store. And uh, if you get to, if you're in Vegas, Daniel Tosh and Sarah Tiana. Now that's now that's what I call a show. And you know what else I call a show? Hmm. What we just did. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks.